Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, January 31st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that cannot believe we are getting to talk about a win today, Russ. It's incredible. It felt so good. I had no idea how much this was weighing on me. So I'm glad we're going to get to talk about a game winning goal. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, and I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk about that game against the Los Angeles Kings. We're going to talk a little bit about this sort of break we have over the next few weeks and what we're going to try and do with that. And we will wrap up as always on Mondays with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So we got a couple of fun things outside of the game itself. We got to see Isaac Radcliffe in his first NHL start, which was kind of fun, I got to say. Mm-hmm. I was happy for him. Yeah, we'll talk more about his game in particular coming up. But uh, we saw a post Iron Man achievement ceremony for Keith Yandel, uh, which was, I think, both really lovely and terribly awkward all at once oh yeah just because it was so great that they did it his family was there um, yes but it just sort of felt shoehorned in a little bit and then of course the booing of chuck fletcher yes which was undeniable yeah i think there was some initial confusion that people were booing yandel but no it was very clear that it was for chuck fletcher so uh, coming into this game i think you know hopes were high but expectations were low Uh, Given how January had gone, the Flyers were the only team in the NHL who had not won a game in 2022, which is dreadful. But the Flyers managed to win this one in overtime. And let me tell you, after the Kings tied it up with less than a minute to go in the game, I I wasn't sure they were going to be able to do it. No, it's true. I mean, they... The mojo of this game was weird because I felt like other than the first 10 seconds of the game where the Flyers had a chance, they really didn't do much in the first period. Second period, it was kind of like, all right, neither team's doing a ton here, but it's still a good game here. Third period was just like all Kings. Mm-hmm. And, and and there was a worry about that and how it was going. But, you know, Cam Atkinson... I know Giroux made that play to help him get his goal, but that whole shift started way before that when he stole a puck defensively, kept the puck in. So I was just like, that was an amazing shift. You know, his second goal of the game, I think that was. And yeah. he, without Cam Atkinson, they definitely don't win this game. And so that's that was a big thing. And then this hadn't been a factor in a while, but now with video review the way it is, Here's a situation that could happen to anybody if you're covering. So looks like the Flyers win. You text and say, yeah, I should be home in an hour, you know, 
order something, get dinner ready, whatever. And then it's like, the play is under review. And then you have to text back and say, hold on. I'm not sure. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. And that can happen to fans, too, if they're at a, you know, a bar or something. Yeah, I think, you know, luckily they got the replay up, at least on the broadcast, right away. And it was very clear that it was a good goal. But if there was any question, man, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. But I I think you're spot on about Cam Atkinson because, you know, not only did he do the work to get that shorthanded goal in the third period uh, that you were talking about, but, you know, he had and assist on the overtime game winner. And then you're right, that play uh, in this in the second period mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, Drew made that really great play. I felt like with that goal, it was like the exact kind of goal that Cam Atkinson is designed to score. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the fact that he actually capitalized on it was just, I mean, it was like extra chef's kiss, if you know what I mean. It really was. It, it, there's no question about it. And I tell you, I had, had like an existential thought where initially, I think we were all thinking like if Claude Giroux should leave, Sean Couturier should be captain. But, I, you know, I've heard enough post games out of Atkinson and enough side comments as far as how much he likes it here and how he feels about being a flyer. And I have to be honest, he... When he said post game that yeah it's nice that we won but this game still wasn't right for me it just you know didn't sit well with me to be honest like when he was saying something like that that's captain material and maybe it's better not to make a guy like Couturier the captain because maybe he'll play his best hockey not as a captain it does seem like Atkinson could be a future captain that's a very controversial but apt thing to say. Um, yeah. I did notice that he and Mike Yo had very similar things to say post game along those mm-hmm. lines of it's great that we got the win, but we have a lot more work to do. And I saw some good things, but here's what we need to work on. And I think that, you know, it shows a certain level of consistency that you want from your leadership and and honestly from a coach. And again, I will say this with a giant asterisk. I do not know that Mike Yo is the right person to carry this team forward, but he's certainly saying the right things. Whether or not he's doing the right things is another story. Yeah, no question. He is saying the right things. The other thing about Konechny, about um, the team is Travis Konechny is lost in this system again. And there were times... And and I'm sitting right over where the Flyers are defending first period. And there were times where Travis Konechny was just sort of like kind of going through the motions in the defensive zone and never really got close to a player, like physically, never really stuck his stick in anywhere. And of course, on his side, there were some chances. And you saw when he had the puck, I want to say it was second period as well, um, later in the game, second period, rather, um, where he kind of had it. He had a chance to take it in on net, and then mysteriously it, like, jumps over his stick. He is thinking so much out there, and I think this is a problem for him because he's not a player that has to think defense first, and I think it's affecting his whole game. I do. Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying when you describe it like that in terms of him overthinking things and then getting caught defensively. I think that's absolutely happening. And I think he was stuck on that 
trying to get that next goal for so long that other aspects of his game did kind of fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say uh, a couple of things. First, we were spot on with our preview of the Kings in terms of who was going to be trouble. <laughs> yes. Um, we didn't talk a ton about Arvidsson, but man, yeah, really came back to, to bite us there. But Dersey, I think, had a really great game and Deneau had he a did. great game. And, and those were yeah. both guys we talked a lot about in the preview. Um, both goalies, honestly, had great games. Ton yes. of shots on goal in this one. Uh, the Kings had 40 shots, Flyers with 36. So a lot of work for both goalies and honestly impressive by both. Although they, the Flyers hung Carter Hart out to dry more than a few times, and that's still a little unsettling. Yeah, I think it's like a bad thing to say, but I think he's sort of getting used to it. He is, but like, you know, again. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. The other thing I just want to briefly mention is that I had completely forgot about the existence of the starter jacket because the Flyers had yes. not been in so long. We and all did. It's like, where's that been? In mothballs? Like, where's I that know. been? But I think Jerry Mayhew, I mean, he did score in the game. So, yes. of course, like, it, it was... Uh, applicable I think for him to have gotten it but I think it was probably a cumulative effect over the last several games which is why they gave it to him yes I do think it was a cumulative thing and lord knows we know that Jerry Mayhew now is the best new flyer to ever be acquired by a team like we just know that because he's scoring some goals at a time they're not scoring it's just that's how starved this franchise is like he has three goals in 11 games I'm not going to say he's a bad player, but he's just like a player. And boy, but I'm telling you, the the talk about him is just unbelievable because he happens to be giving all-out effort on a team where guys don't necessarily give all-out effort still. And that's what he does. He did it with the Phantoms. Yes. He did it in his previous years with the Iowa Wild and, you know, the little bit of NHL action that he had um you know that's just who he is and i'm glad he's able to at least get some recognition for it also should be getting some recognition is rasmus ristolainen for that sweet move that got jerry mayhew the puck yes. <laughs> the other thing is isaac ratcliffe uh i thought he looked pretty good but sort of as expected he was physical as he tends to be um got a couple of good offensive moments i think um, in one sequence and maybe a second, but I think he acquitted himself pretty well. I do think he, he, he did well. He had that one big hit. It seems like the Flyers have now over-exaggerated what that hit is worth to them because it's like, see, see, we needed to get bigger and we won this game. See, we were right. And it's like, all right, listen, Isaac Ratcliffe is more than a guy who could just hit. And if he actually gets assimilated in the offense, he actually could put up points. But... I don't think that's the reason. I don't think Isaac Ratcliffe just bringing him up and being physical is going to be the reason that the fourth line does anything. All right. Well, we have some time over the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about that next and figure out what to do with that time. But first, uh, if you're thinking about getting fit or eating healthier, Built Bar is the perfect thing to include in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar, but they taste just like candy bars, and some of them are even better, if I'm going to be honest. They make it so easy to eat healthy. They are so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can sometimes be chalky or taste like chemicals. 
If you want to eat healthy and eat something that's not boring, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So when you're craving that snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Built Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. There are so many delicious flavors to choose from. I really like peanut butter brownie, the raspberry, and the salted caramel. And in fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in about 30 minutes. And I'm on the Friday show, so you can catch me there. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, Russ. So now that they won a game, like, what are we doing now? (laughs) Right? Um, The upcoming schedule is pretty light over the next three weeks due to the all-star break as well as what was supposed to have been the Olympic break. So the Flyers are playing the Jets tomorrow. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Uh, The Red Wings the following week. And then the week after that, they're playing the Pens and the Caps. So they have one game, one game, two games in the next three weeks, which is not a lot of action. Uh, Don't have a, a full week of games really until four weeks from now. So you know, what is what does the team do with this time and how do they stay game ready? Well, I think they need to work on passing drills. I really do. Um, I'll give you two examples right now. And the biggest example is JVR. He's got literally seven assists, seven. He's played 44 games like that's well below what he normally you could expect for him to get. And so it's just like, you know, maybe we need to like start it like camp a little bit and and do a lot of passing drills. Farabee, who's missed eleven games compared to JVR, uh, only has seven as well. But I feel like he would have a few more had he played a few more games. It's still not a great number, don't get me wrong. But it's just if I look at these players, you know, at the time Hayes only had six, Frost only has five. Like they only have a couple of goal scorers and a couple of playmakers on this team. And there's, look, there's more that could come from Lindblom and a little more at a Lawton, but not a ton. And so I feel like you do have to sort of work on actual passing and maybe even set plays. I don't even know if the Flyers have one set play. It seems like if Giroux gets set up for a faceoff and he talks to the guys, that's the play. But do you ever see them, other than a timeout, looking like, when they have like an offensive zone face-off that there's a set play? I mean, not a ton. I, I, I think you're onto something there in terms of practicing set plays and practicing passing. I think, you know, one of the things we've noticed, especially over the last couple of months, is that they're not making short, crisp passes. They're t- trying too much to do the stretch pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't work all the time because they're too slow relative to the other teams and they get picked off quite a bit. And I think that, you know, they need to work on figuring out a lot better their spacing 
on the ice in terms of who enters the zone first, who trails, and then who's the third to pick up the rebound, right? I mean, it sounds like basic stuff, but it's things that the Flyers have not been executing well on a regular basis. They'll get, you know, plays or sequences here and there, but they're not executing most of the time, I would say. And so I think that's a good thing to work on. I, I just also worry because of the lack of, you know, a ton of games that like staying in that game level mentality is going to be a little bit of a challenge for them. Well, they could have scrimmages. They could have scrimmages. And I think they should. I think they should work on the power play and the shootout. I think those are still weak areas of the team. And really, they have to work on getting Keith Yandel just off the power play. At this point, he has zero goals and only 13 Mm -hmm. assists. And if I look it up, how many power play assists are there of the 13 are there? Maybe five, six? Like, it's just, there is no point to have him there anymore. I know that used to be his thing, but it's no longer his thing. And so it's like, you know, he set the record. That's great. And if for some reason you're going to keep playing him because you want everybody to develop, or at least you're saying that, that's fine. And I think the Flyers now, I think we have to come to grips with, with one thing, Rachel. They're afraid to say, we know we're out of it but we're going to say that we're still in it until we're not mathematically. So they're going to keep doing things like playing Keith Yandel. And that to me is like, that's where the delusion and what's happening on the ice don't seem to meet. I don't think that delusion is as much there. I mean, it seems like everybody sort of gets it. They're not saying the words, but the tone is, I think to me, a lot more realistic than that. I mean, of course they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say, oh, we're out of it now. We're going to completely shift gears. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the way that Mike Yo talks and the way that the players talk, they get it. They understand. And that there's specific things that they could accomplish to achieve something out of this season. But I don't think the playoffs is something that they're really talking about as much. Okay. So if that's true, then give me a reason why you're even playing Keith Yandel anymore. Well, now I think that's the question. Now that he has passed that streak, I, I think as a courtesy, they'll give him till the end of the season, honestly, just because they seem to have worked out this deal ahead of time. But what courtesy? Like, this is the whole thing. I'm not You're, saying it's right. I'm just saying oh, that's I know, what's happening. I know. I'm just, I'm just expressing frustration in the fact that for as long as he is out there, he's helping, he's stopping somebody else from, from developing. Well, let's talk about that then, because I think that really... In these next three weeks, it's going to provide a lot of opportunity to get some of the younger guys more time with the Flyers, but you also want them to play because the Flyers don't have enough games. So looking at sort of the list of guys that are Phantoms guys, ostensibly, but have been playing with the Flyers, how do we balance out them practicing with the Flyers because they're going to have to play or at least some of them will versus getting actual games in with the phantoms and and can this team coordinate between the flyers and phantoms to make sure all of them get the right amount of ice time now i think jerry mayhew and cam york at least for the duration while we have all these injuries are pretty much in the flyers lineup right yes so Beyond that, like, I don't think either of them are going to get sent down. I mean, it's possible they'll send York down to get some games in with Lehigh Valley, but I don't know that they will. Well, during the All-Star break, they they will. 
Yes, yes. I'm like in the weeks. But after you mean that. otherwise? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying it's just because it's going to happen, and don't want right. people to freak out. Right. But then you also have Max Wellman. You have Jackson Cates, Connor Bunneman. I'm putting an asterisk next to Wade Allison because he's still hurt. He'll be out through the All Star break at least. But then you also have other guys that have gotten NHL time. So um, Igor Zamula, Lena Sandine, Isaac Radcliffe. So how do you handle this? Yeah. So we'll start with Bunneman. He's going to float around like Aubrey Cabell floated around, and somebody else is going to grab him. Like, I, I just foresee that in the future unless they anchor him somehow. Because there is a little something there with Connor Bunnerman, And you know what? Someone else is going to grab it. You know, the Flyers did screw up with Aubrey Cabell. I think we'll all agree on that. Okay. Zamula has played one game with the Flyers. He has 14 points with Lehigh. He's done well with Lehigh. One game. One. Doesn't make sense. Even if you don't feel he's 100% ready, you still should give him five or six games. Like, you still should. But we can in these three weeks. That's what I'm talking about. So do you just leave those guys that have gotten, like, one shot with the Flyers down with Lehigh Valley this whole time? Because bringing him up for one game in a week isn't going to do much. Or is it going to No, do I'll much? wait That's until the I'm two. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll wait until the two-game week. And okay. then I'm bringing him up. Okay. I'll, I'll leave him alone until then. Uh, for the one-game week, honestly, at least for one of them, I should look at what Adam Clendenning can do for me instead of Keith Yandel. I can guarantee you he is better than Keith Yandel. And I could also guarantee you that you should look at him and give him a chance, or he's not going to want to sign with you next year if you need a depth defenseman and you're capped out. Like, you might be able to retain this guy, but if you don't ever play him, he's not coming back. But, like, why doesn't Agor Zamula get that sh- slot? No, Zamula should, but Clendenning should also at some point. But Clendenning's, Clendenning's can be smaller because, you know, he's not an organizational guy, but could be. And we, you just need to see it. Zamula is, yeah, he, you know, bring him up at the end of the month when those two games happen. And if he does well, keep him up. But I don't like them bringing up guys just for one game. And that's what they're doing a little bit of, too. And that that doesn't make sense to me. You should always let them play two or three in a row. And when they don't do that, that's what leads me to believe there's this false, like, well, if we can get on a roll now, you know, we can get back in it thing. See, that's where I think the divide is. Well, and for me, I I think I look at it a little bit differently. I think that what I would do is be very clear ahead of time what the plan is over the next three weeks so that everybody Mm -hmm. knows what's happening and players know what their expectations are. And that when you have, you know, a three game weekend with the Phantoms that the Phantoms are told, you know, you play Igor Zamula only two of those three games because he's going to come up and play that one game next week with the Flyers. Mm -hmm. And then you tell him the same thing about Lena Sandine, but that it's not, a roller coaster for these guys that there's a schedule so that they know that they're going to play two out of the three games in a week for the Phantoms and one game for the Flyers and then continue to rotate them through so that they're getting their NHL experience but at the same time are getting the games in and I also would play Martin Jones a little more so I could trade him so I would still split games because I got to trade him and it also keeps Hart from getting overused 
later in the season, if for some reason Sandstrom comes up, he doesn't look good, then Hart's going to end up having to play more. So I got to play, I got to play Jones a bit too. That would be an interesting thing to have to have a another backup goaltender when Jones has been not great, but at least somewhat reliable this season. Well, you don't believe he'll be there the rest of the year, do you? I don't know. I mean, that's another topic for another show, which we will absolutely sure. be talking about who <laughs> is going to be on the trading block for, for trade deadline. Uh, definitely something we're going to be talking about. And I'll give you something forward. else that's alarming. I don't know if it's alarming to you, but like Max Woman's a regular on this team now. I just feel like I should say that. I think he is for now, but I think it's an injury related thing. Like, I don't think he's solidified a position to the level that maybe Mayhew and York have. But even Mayhew solidifying a position is a, is is not a great sign for me. But, okay, like, I get it. All right. Well, I think the other topic related to all of this in that you see, you know, some people talk like, oh, I'm upset they won a game because I want that top draft pick. Well, I think we've talked a lot pretty recently about the fact that it is a deep draft coming up. And, you know, in the range that we think they'll end up in, they're going to get somebody good, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least yes. with a lot of potential. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think anywhere, let's just say, you know, 6 to 13 range where they could end up, like, they're they're not going to get a dud here. So I think they should win as many games as they can because I think it's good for the younger players. I agree. I'm with you on It's that. also good for the vets as well. It's going to make them want to play harder and come back yes. next season in a better frame of mind. Yeah, no, no question. So I just want to like put that to bed in terms of it's bad yeah. that they're winning. Yeah, no, I, I don't think tanking will do anything for them. All right, moving on to our nemesis of the week. And if you're newer to the program, each Monday we look at the week coming up and say, you know, who or what in hockey is upsetting us the most and allows us to get our frustrations out. And, you know, God knows there's been a ton of that with the Flyers. But uh, last week we talked a little bit about time being the nemesis and that there was too much time between now and the trade deadline that you just feel like you're in this no man's land and what do you do with it? And I think, you know, for, for me this week, especially because the All-Star game is coming up and it just makes me think about lists and and players on top player lists or whether it's players of the week or you know three stars of the month or rookie of the month or whatever flyers there's no flyers on any of these lists and that really like bums me out because it felt like at the beginning of the season that maybe there would be an opportunity for some guys to get some recognition league-wide and you know I think maybe people are talking about Drew and his season, but mostly because of the trade deadline coming up and not because of just a general desire to respect him as a top player in the league. And I, you know, I just don't think that the Flyers are in any conversations and that bums me out. So that's Flyers not being on lists is my nemesis this week. No, I get it. I do. My nemesis of the week is going to be uh, Philly Talk Radio. Now, I'm a talk radio junkie because it's easy to say, Russ, turn it off, don't listen. But I listen to everything. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to everything. I'm listening to talk radio, sometimes Howard Stern, always to Sirius XM 91, which channel I'm on every Tuesday at 12.15, just so you know. Um, but I, I 
they're, the Flyers are going to be irrelevant in the talk radio for the next couple weeks with this one game a week thing. They'll mention that they have a game coming up. They're not going to talk about them on off days. They're going to keep talking about the Eagles, the Sixers. They may not talk about the Phillies because, you know, baseball's dead for this moment. But they're not going to bring up Flyers talk either. And that that bums me out because I just want to hear hockey on any radio. And they haven't done themselves any favors. Don't get me wrong. And there is still an angle that if I were in sports talk radio locally, I would still bring it up. And that is the draft and other things because you're allowed to bring up the football draft and everybody will talk about it till the cows come home and very few are experts on it. But nobody just casually talks about the, uh, the NHL draft in this market. And so they're going to be kind of dead on the airways. And that, that bums me out. Yeah, well, we'll be talking a lot about the draft. Yes. We have been talking about a lot of the prospects and we'll talk about more of them and, you know, what direction the Flyers should go in. So it'll be a lot of fun stuff around that coming up over the next several months. And uh, yeah, I think those are both very good nemeses to uh, to bring up. We never have a trouble finding them, let's say that. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, uh, Ryan Giroux brought Gavin around to the rink. And there were some really cute pictures of Claude and Gavin uh, just walking around the rink, out on the ice. It was adorable. And um, I always appreciate those kind of moments. Yeah, seeing him, Gavin, in the locker room made me sad, though, because we don't get in the locker room anymore. And we would normally see these moments because we would come in for interviews or whatever after the skate. And now at least we see them in pictures. But, like, we used to be a part of it. One of the things that used to be cute was Radko Gudis used to have his little kid walking around. And he had, like, little Timberlands on. (laughs) It was just funny. That actually checks out. Gudis putting (laughs) Timberlands on his kid. (laughs) Yes. And there are things like that. We're missing out on that now. And so are fans, you know, unless – you know, somebody from the family is taking pictures. And that's the thing. That's why we need to get back in the locker room so we could report these things. And people, we could take the occasional pictures and people can see it. But I, I loved seeing it. Me too. All right. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow talking about the Flyers versus Winnipeg Jets game coming up tomorrow night. Uh, it's Phantoms Tuesday. So there's a lot to talk about with the Phantoms from this past weekend. We'll do that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. You can send us in mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.